Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. M-S-W Media. I'm Caitlin Bristow from The Bachelorette, and I have one question for Dan Dunn, and that is, will you accept this rosé? Is this a first impression rosé? Sure, but it's definitely not the last. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Welcome to the show, Dan Dunn. Very excited coming to you from the famed Sunset Strip, heart of West Hollywood, California, State Social House. We have broadcast from here before. Always love being here. And uh, oh boy, what an exciting one we have today. I am just thrilled with what's about to happen. Um, But before we get to our uh, esteemed guest... We're going to go to our even more esteemed guests. Oh yeah, you know it. No, uh, she does a lot on this show behind the scenes. It's the first time. Is it in front of the scenes? Yeah, this is exciting. Before the yes, this is very exciting. Katya Dragotis, yes. welcome to the show. I'm so honored to be on what we're drinking. Thank you. Always, you. this is great. And I'm. How did you know I was a tequila drinker? Uh, you tell me every time we talk. Uh, when I told you what we were thinking about doing for this episode, you got so excited. It's true. And I waited to spring it on you that I was going to have you on this one. Um, and I, too, am excited. I have said this uh, anywhere and everywhere. Whenever I chat, whether it's the Corolla show or whatever shows I'm guesting on. In fact, I did a thing for KTLA a little while yeah. back for Cinco de Mayo, and they asked me some of my favorite brands. And I, I say this, and I mean this. I love, there are, I could count 10 tequila brands off the top of my head that I love, huge fan of. But only one do I ever say is my favorite. And it's the one that we have a bunch of bottles sitting in front of me right now. This is my favorite, the little agave on top. It's called Tequila Fortaleza. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are very fortunate today to have the all being master of time, space, and dimension at Tequila Fortaleza. I believe that's his official job title. And he also does some marketing and whatnot. Mr. Billy Erickson. How are you, Billy? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on, you guys. I appreciate being here. So I've known Billy a long time. We, uh, Bill's, well, I know Billy's dad a long time, too. Guillermo, who is the, uh, is the man who's down there making the tequila. Uh, I met him Billy and I were just talking about this before we got on the air. I guess it would have been around 2009 or so. Yeah, this thing called Wine and Spirits Wholesalers Association in Las Vegas. And at that point, 
Guillermo was down there hustling, you know, just to build awareness for the brand and whatnot. So we're going to walk back with Billy and get into how Tequila Fortaleza became, came to be and now how it's become, I think, the top premium brand in, uh, in the world right now. So let's start with the family. This thing goes back, what, 175 years, something like that? Uh, 150 this September, actually. I actually just learned the date about um, a week ago. My great-great-great-grandfather, Don Zenobio Sauza, the Madrigal, purchased a distillery September 1st, 1873. Wow. So September 1st, this year, 2023, we will have been in the tequila business as a family for 150 years. There was like a 20-year break or 30-year break, but we'll skip those. <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting history. And by the way, this is all off memory from either knowing your dad, talking. So if I, if I screw up the details, you describe me. But Bonobio? No. Cenobio. Cenobio. Don Cenobio, early 20th century, right? He's uh, is got this thing cooking. Yeah. And he passed it down to his son, who was Don Eladio... Uh, Sousa, and then it ended up in the hands of my great-grandfather, Don Francisco Vier Sousa, and that was the Sousa company. Is this related to the Sousa tequila that we know? It's the exact same company. Okay. So the Sousa tequila today is now owned by Suntory, or Beam Suntory, Beam, yeah. right? Um, Beam got purchased by Suntory a few years back. But yeah, same company. So my great-grandfather sold that business in 1976. And my dad had, was born in 1956. He'd kind of grown up thinking, okay, he spent summers in Mexico. He lived down there for two years during high school and thought, you know, his dad or his grandfather was always in the tequila business, always doing tequila things, promoting Mexico, promoting the culture of Mexico. He actually had a, a show similar to American Idol, believe it or not, called Noches Tapatias that ran on the radio every Sunday night. And so my grandfather at the time, or great-grandfather, would invite singers, actors onto the show, and they would kind of do, it was like kind of an OG podcast, if you will. But they would discover new talent, new singing voices coming out of Guadalajara. And my dad grew up watching all this, assuming that one day he would run the business and my dad was 20 when it got sold, and we're still not 100% sure why. The only reason my dad ever got was, in the direct quote from my great-grandfather, was, because I wanted to. Okay. Yeah. Now, was it, your, was it your great-grandfather or your grandfather that was instrumental in getting tequila recognized as its own D.O., which D.O. is a denomination of origin? Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so that was my great-grandfather, and he was in the meeting with the president of Mexico when they were establishing what to apply for the DO to look like, what states to include. And he actually got kicked out of that meeting, because if you guys know, that's the, the DO is um, the nomination of origin, or is Jalisco, Nayarit, Guanajuato, part of Michoacan, and then there's a fifth state, Tamaulipas, which it's just like the southern half of Tamaulipas, but it's the only non-contiguous part of the whole region, right? And my great-grandfather argued against that being included, and my understanding is that the president of Mexico was cousins with the distiller out in Tamaulipas. So Got they were it. like, oh, that's a very nice opinion, but um, get out. And so everybody understands <laughs> what we're talking about here with Dio. That What that means is it's designating tequila as a distinct brand of that region. It's the only place you can call something tequila because they can, agave grows in Australia, some other place, but you can't call it tequila unless it's grown in that DO. By the way, just so we know, before that it was mezcal. And tequila is, okay. you know, it was all sort of fell on the umbrella so of mezcal. mezcal. So tequila but... is mezcal, right? Okay. It's yeah, just, tequila is like a subcategory of, of mezcal, mezcal. But there's yeah. rules for tequila. It's got to be made with blue agave. And, mezcal know. is now coming out with their own DO. So that's okay. in the works right now. And there's a couple other Mexican spirits that are coming out that are also trying to establish their DO. So mezcal is obviously tequila's kind of younger brother to the scene. Right. Obviously, same, same spirit, tequila's mezcal, you know. But... 
they're trying to establish a more formal procedure for making mezcal. And then Ricea and Bacanora are two other spirits that are coming out of Mexico now. They're also trying to. These are all agave based spirits. Yeah. So. Yeah. What what Billy's talking about? Uh, Emma Jansen, a writer, just won this uh, the Spirited Award, which is the sort of the Oscars of the booze business for a piece that she wrote about this very thing about who owns the term mezcal. And what's interesting about mezcal right now is it's such a catch-all. But there are these old generations of mescaleros who are making, and if they don't adhere very strictly to, then they can't call it mezcal, and that's pissing some of them off. And what are they calling it now? They're also shipping it as a Agave, yeah, a distillate, uh, agave a distillate, distillate agave. Exactly or right. um, the very old term for it was um, vino de vino de mezcal or vino de agave, which was like a agave wine, wine. right? Um, but yeah, it's ruffling some feathers for sure. And I want to say what is I think unique, and much like champagne, nom too, you know. For tequila, you have to have your plants grown in a certain region. They have to be registered with the government organization that oversees it. I want to say even now we have some extra governmental actors that are pushing for more transparency in the tequila industry. So a friend of ours runs Tequila Matchmaker, and they are pushing an additive free for transparency in the industry. And they're going to do an additive free week upcoming here, I believe, in the next couple months to talk about brands that are doing things from a very purist standpoint. From the land perspective, what is it about those regions that makes it so unique and can produce that tequila product that you guys are so proud of? That is a great question. So I would tell you in tequila, there's really two distinct regions, the Valley of Tequila, or we like to call internally the heartland. Uh, People call it the Tequila Valley. Uh, and then the Highlands, and then Tamaulipas is not as well known. For, well, I, I should say, to, to the extent of my knowledge, I'm not sure what the distinction between agaves grown in Tamaulipas is as its own category. But for Highlands, Highlands typically are sweeter. The altitude is like 8,000 feet there, where it's like about. And 5, this is east of Guadalajara. This is east of Guadalajara. We're north and west of Guadalajara, and whereas Tequila Valley, the Heartland, is more earthy flavors from your tequila and there they have more like iron rich soil we have volcanic soil so but i will tell you that from the blind taste test results i've seen you really have to be a master kind of tequila taster to taste the difference so so tell us Let's list some of the highlands here. Don Julio's up there, right? Don Julio. Uh, um, tequila Ocho's up Ocho's there. Ocho's up there, yeah. G4, I think, is up there. Okay. Um, so you're up on about 4,000 elevation, uh, yeah. just outside of the town of Tequila. Your dad, Guillermo, started this, got it up and running in 2005, right? Yeah, I think we uh, produced our first bottles in 2002. My dad was working on it from when I was a kid. So some of my first wow. memories are, you know, if I had like a sick day, my dad was um, my dad was self-employed when I was in school doing business consulting. If I was sick, sometimes I would just come sit in his office. And I remember some of the first like prototype bottles that we had. So we've been working on this for a long time. But we ended up making our first bottles in 2002 and I think our first importation to the States was 2006 or seven. And it was right either at the end of 2006 or beginning of 2007. And where did it start? California? In California. Yeah. So when I was in early high school, my dad was starting this brand. And I remember actually the day that he told me, like, I'm going to stop doing my day job and I'm going to jump to doing this full time. And I don't really know how this is going to work out, which was cool. I was glad my dad was following his dreams, but was also a little nervous to hear as a kid, right? I might not have a future. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was, I was, you know, I didn't really understood what that, or understand what that meant at the time. Um, and I had thought I was going to totally pursue a different career path, but I ended up falling back in, or falling into the family business and then, <laughs> My dad had me start working for the brand really in an official capacity about 2011. So it's been this fall will be nearly 12 years with the brand. So, well, when I mentioned uh, 
meeting Guillermo at the WSWA in Vegas, as Billy knows, there are so many people there, so many different brands, some of which you go, what the fuck were they thinking? Like, who's, no one's going to ever buy this stuff. What, I mean, weird things, like really strange. And a lot of them are looking for distribution and whatever. So to find the gems, right. you're walking around this giant ballroom and there's just a bunch of vent. People have their, their, their booths and they're, they're all sampling their wares. And I, first off, Guillermo just, he's a character, right? He, I always say he's like the original most interesting man in the world. Really? And he, does, he really does carrying himself that way. So I walk up and he, he talks, he's, got, he's gruff, he's got a gruff voice like this. And as soon as you came out, it was like one of those moments where, you know, like, we're in the same tribe here, you know yeah, what I mean? And not. I come up and he says, hey, how you doing? He said, I, had a, I was writing for Playboy and it said Playboy. Ah, there we go. This is the guy I want to be drinking <laughs> with. And he poured me some Four Lays and it was a revelatory and I mean this, I'm not, I mean, this was, I went, God damn, this might be the best tequila I've ever had. And then I, you think, well, maybe I've, I've been drinking a lot of uh, tequiza and uh, vodka and all the other bullshit I was drinking. So maybe my taste buds are screwed up. But sure enough, every time I came back to it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Were you and, used to kind of sipping on tequila at that point? Or was it always like a mixer situation? No, no. I, I mean, I always, okay. given the nature of my job, I, I'm always going to try. Right. Speaking of which, we haven't yeah, even tried. What was going on well, here? That was just like, the first <laughs> time I experienced like sipping tequila, it was, it was so different. Because I was used to, you know, college, like bad $7 bottles. And you're like ripping terrible shots and not remembering it. But to learn that like it's meant to be enjoyed on the rocks or neat was like a whole different experience. And I Everybody it. was drinking it that way. I mean, especially my generation older, like mm-hmm. there was no premium Sipping tequila culture, really. Right. I mean, I remember people would literally go Cuervo gold. That's good. It's, just so it's not good. No. Yeah. Uh, not to knock Cuervo, but a margarita, but it, <laughs> by the way, I know I'm jumping all over. This is the Blanco. Yes. Yes. We're doing right here. This is so sort this is of 80 proof, 40% ABV. And this is, this is our main expression. When most people think of tequila, they're thinking of a Blanco. Mm-hmm. We, this, along with our still strength, are really our two Blancos. Our still strength comes out at 46%, which is what we distill to. And that is like pure, this is what we get right off the still. The Blanco, we add back a little bit of water because that was 40% is what people sort of expect in the United 40% States. 40% is 80, yeah. 80 proof. You know that. So okay. whatever the alcohol percentage is, when he's double it, that's the proof. So when so he says 46% alcohol, that's 92 proof. Does Blanco have more, a higher percentage than a Reposado? So what, what this means is, in terms of aging tequila, yeah, Blanco or silver, if you want to go Plata, whatever, is... Anything aged in wood under two months, but generally it's not aged in wood okay. at all, right? Reposado means rested. That's two months to a year. Anything over a year. Well, it used to be anything over a year was just añejo, which means aged, but now you've got extra añejo. Yeah, updates it, to the knob. <laughs> but, but generally, it, it, Billy just alluded to, or at least this is my feeling, I'm assuming, when I'm drinking tequila, I generally prefer unaged Blanco tequila because I love the taste of the agave, right? I want to get it. And the wood, the longer it stays in wood, the more the wood impresses itself, the wood flavors impress itself upon the tequila. That said, the Fortaleza Reposado would probably be my go-to because what are you doing? Six months with this in barrel? Six months. So it's just getting a little, so they're using these ex-bourbon barrels which is what generally, but don't you, you chip them and then reburn them, right? We do chip Talk them. a little bit about that. Yeah, we rechip and we reburn. Uh, our añejo is supposed to go into that if we're following our operations procedure as directed, but as you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. So that's one of the reasons why our coloring is so light, too, is because this is just the coloring that the wooden parts. And I have to tell you, too, we had like an error, gosh, this was about eight years ago, where we stuck the reposado in freshly charred barrels and the Añejo in the wrong barrels, so that wasn't freshly charred. Reposado came out looking like two or three times darker than the Añejo. And I had probably six months where people were calling me being like, What's this bottle is defective. I oh, want a God. different one. And I go, I'm, what are you talking about? 
the coloring on your reposado here is much darker. What did you do to this? I want all these for my Añejo, too. And I'm, This is just what happens out of a natural process. We don't add any caramel coloring. There's no additives in our tequila. So, you know, we had a couple barrels that were freshly charred, and they ended up in the Añejo pile. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's the way the product is. If you don't want it, I guess we'll you know, take it back, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you will want it. They'll keep so. it. So you get that, right? This is where the so the it's what's happening is the spirit. Everything that comes off the still is clear. Yes. Right? Yeah. Any any alcohol, it's clear. Gets in the wood. Talking about the char, it starts to absorb that. That's where that color is coming from. That's putting it in there. Uh, that's where some of that taste is. But since you're sort of a newbie to this, I want to get your what are you tasting here, Katya? On yeah, the, on let me the, see. Okay. Let's get your tasting notes. Well, I have a question. Well, before I sip this too, because. Going back to mezcal, every mezcal that I've consumed, typically, I know that you can have a blanco, but I always, it's always like a brown color. So, is that because it's being rested? Yes, or they're, put, or, they're okay. put, or, they're, or they're putting coloring, or in. they're putting yeah. coloring oh, okay. in. It. But Which, yeah. I, it depends on what style you're drinking. It's okay. So when you say the minerality and like the volcanic earth, I taste that like I taste like a like a Eastern European crisp white wine where you get that like volcanic. Yeah. very um which i love like very earthy very it's very smooth that's so my good. white wine preference too so that's why i think i like this a lot but it's got character too you know it there's there's a, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of in there right you know it's not you'll get there's, some that are just a little too bland and this thing me, there's like a little like spicy caramel yeah, oh, yeah. Like and, and the caramel, spice too earthy, and, yeah yeah it's, I definitely it's get delightful. like a baked agave sweetness, yes. which I think people it's, it's associated with the caramel. Mm-hmm. So, eight years, right? The agave takes to yeah. So six to eight is kind of the maturity you want with the agave crisis we've kind of had mm-hmm. recently, which is now starting to wind down. Thankfully, we're starting to see people's age tick back up. But some of the agave that people are harvesting in the past couple of years has been as low as four or five years. Was the agave which, crisis due to like the higher demand in tequila? Yeah. Okay. Tequila has been on fire. Right. I mean, recently surpassed one of the bigger categories of spirits in the United States. And I don't remember which one it was, but I mean, people are talking about tequila all the time. And I think it's just because pe- what I think tequila is to answer your question from a few minutes ago is right Blanco tequila tastes great. It's delicious. It's a white spirit. Then you get a little bit of the reposado, which has a little bit of the wood in it. And then you get your añejos and your extra añejos. And that kind of attracts people from scotch. So if you're like a vodka gin drinker, you're going to gravitate immediately towards a Blanco, right? It's kind of familiar. It's the same sort of, you know, there's no oak in that. And if you're a whiskey or a scotch drink, you're like, oh, maybe these wooden ones. So I think tequila is gaining in popularity, one, because it's versatile. It has something for everyone. But two, obviously, Mexico is our biggest neighbor and biggest trading partner. And, you know, the awareness of Hispanic culture in it, and I think, is growing in the United States a little bit every day. And tequila is just an awesome spirit, and it's great. Friends, you've probably heard me talk about how much I love fresh Victor cocktail mixers on this podcast and on The Adam Carolla Show. But what you've definitely not heard me do before is sing about how much I dig fresh Victor until now. That's right. I wrote and recorded a fresh Victor jingle. Want to hear it? Here it goes. I made my girlfriend Susie a drink with fresh Victor. She gave it a try and she was glad that I picked her. The ingredients are all natural. There's nothing artificial. The solar-powered juicing plant is totally beneficial to the planet. Pretty rad tune, right? I was so excited when we finished recording it that I sent it over right away to Fresh Victor's chief mixology officer, H. Joseph Airman. Hello. We're not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Dan, it's H. I listened to that Fresh Victor jingle that you wrote, created. Wow. Uh, call me. See? He loves it, too. Speaking of loving it, does Fresh Victor ever have a great deal for you, my listeners? Simply go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code F. V Dan 20. That's Fresh Victor Dan 20 to get 20% off your order. Again, I'm talking about pure deliciousness here in a variety of tantalizing flavors at a discounted price. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market, and that's Fresh Victor. Uh, so, our friends at uh, Fresh Victor, during COVID, they came up with these mixers that are amazing. So, I want to try. Very, very mixable uh, 
Fortaleza is. So let's try it. I got jalapeno and lime. We got cucumber and lime, and we got strawberry and lemon. What do you want? I'll do cucumber lime. That sounds really tasty. Cucumber lime, take that. So the first time I like really turned towards tequila, I had a friend who was an ex-professional swimmer, and he was also like a big party guy. He was like in the Olympics, crazy, crazy, crazy. And then the next day, he'd be like going crazy at the gym. So one day I asked him, I said, how do you do this? How do you, how, what is your behavior? And he said, tequila, baby. And I was like, what, <laughs> what about tequila? He said, it's the only alcohol spirit that's an upper and it's an agave. So it's the only alcohol that your body properly metabolizes versus like a gin or a vodka or anything like that. I have I comment. Like, I, have, I have thoughts on all of I'm this. Sold. Tell saying, me, right? tell me. So I'm, I'm going with the jalapeno yeah, and lime. Uh, and then we also have this, we also have the strawberry and okay. lemon, which is really good. All right. I will, and I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this too, Billy. But yeah, is this true? Or what did is? I, make this up? I do believe that certain spirits have a different sort of buzz to them. Like you know when people go, "Oh man, I, I drank tequila. I can't drink tequila. It gets me too fucked up." No, here's what gets you fucked up: the I'm amount of alcohol you drink. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're drinking. If you drink an 80 proof vodka, an 80 proof tequila, 80 proof, and you drink the same exact amount of it, right. you've that's the alcohol that you've had. Now 100%. there are other things that could be in certain spirits that could possibly impact. That Certainly, is. what you're mixing it with could impact that. But I do believe that there, the the different vibe you get. So like tequila evokes, like you're at a party, you're having a good time. You know, you, you mentioned when we were young, like most people's intro to tequila was like shots, you know, like, so, and so your brain is already programmed to be thinking about it that way, as opposed to an Armagnac or something where, you know, you associate yeah. that with like, you're at, you're at a ski lodge and it's, do you agree or? hundred percent. So I will tell you when 10 years ago, when I first started doing events for the brand, I would have these conversations every single time I did an event. At least one person would tell me, oh, I don't drink tequila. I had a night with this brand in college, <laughs> and I was way too hungover, right? I realized about a year ago, since, since we started doing events post-COVID, almost nobody has said that to me in a year. You know, the consumer perception and everybody's, I think, general perception of tequila has changed significantly from what it was 10 years ago. And... I agree with you, Dan, 100% spot on. When you're drinking a margarita, it's because it's a nice day, it's sunny out, we're going to have, I mean, this is why we're so blessed to live in San Diego and Los Angeles. Everybody's drinking margaritas here all the time because we get such great weather. (laughs) But, you know, it puts you in a party mood because it's a margarita, I'm relaxing, it is not, you know, something I'm putting in a a snifter and I need my cigar and smoking jacket for, I'm going to sit in my reading room, right? This is a, I'm going to go have fun with my friends. I'm going to get a pitcher of margaritas, right? Or everyone's getting a margarita at the table. It pumps you up just because I think it's primed that way. But is it true that it is like technically an upper in comparison to other spirits and also that your body metabolizes it correctly? That is what I've been told, okay. although I'm not a uh, chemist. Okay. So, But I, I think, show. I think that... If you want to believe that, that's... If it, yeah. if it, <laughs> hey, go with the narrative that works yeah. for you. That's yeah. what I say, really. It, it, it is true. I mean, like you're not... Somebody hands you a Mai Tai, you're not going to be like, oh, man, this reminds me of the time I was <laughs> stranded in the woods in the middle of winter. You know, you're like, no, right. this thing is like, I remember I was on the beach Bacon. in the Caribbean. Let's go. So, yeah, it gets you. It gets you there. This is great. It mixes so well. The, the lime and jalapeno, how is that one? The cucumber lime is I love super refreshing. Yeah, this is good. delicious. Mm. There's like the right amount of kick so, on this. Good job, H. Yeah. By the way, there was a thought I had on the way here. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about now, but I need to get this thought out of my head. Tell us. You know, like certain music, old songs that don't hold up anymore for various reasons. And usually it's because either there's racism in it or there's sexism in it or, you know, the social mores have changed Mm -hmm. and you can't do this song. Like Some Girls by the Rolling Stones, you know, something like that. On the way here, there was a Wilson Pickett song on and Wilson Pickett, Land of a Thousand, Wilson Pickett. And this, the title of the song was a phone number, and I forget the number now, but it, it was the seven-digit phone number. Night, will you be alone? All you got to do is pick up your telephone and dial, baby. That's my number. 
thinking, okay, this song didn't age well, and here's why. Because back then, everybody that lived in the town had this, there was no area code. Yep. Didn't need an area code. So if you tried to call Wilson Pickett on that number, you get him. I'm assuming, right? He would, of course, he used his real number. And uh, the song worked. Well, once they introduced yeah. area codes, the song no longer worked. And also, Wilson Pickett's dead, so you couldn't get through <laughs> him there. But I'm just saying, that song, which is Wilson Pickett going, this is my number, call me, has an age well. Not great. It's the tequila making me it's stupid. Tequila. Yes, it's the tequila, tequila makes me stupid. It's amazing. I, yeah. I love all the, it. All the party thoughts are coming yeah. out. <laughs> he just had a memory of drinking tequila yeah. and listening to that this song. This is what yeah. happens when you drink tequila with me. Wait till yeah. you hear some of the other stuff that comes out of my mouth later. All right, so now, we, now we're jumping back into the history. So your dad's hustling WSWA. That's, that's 12, 11, 12, 13 years ago. Bring us don't, to don't now. Don't like that, Dan. <laughs> bring us to now. You're in 30 states. You've won double gold at San Francisco. You've won every award you can win. I know a fair degree of renowned bartenders, and all of them are going to put this on their short list of great tequilas. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? I would tell you that it starts with the way we make tequila and the way we're approaching the business, right? So when we started making it, we kind of revived the distillery that had been closed since the 60s because it was such an inefficient process. So we're using 100% stone Diona. We're still cooking in brick ovens. We're still fermenting in wooden vats. And we have kept that. You know, We're still distilling in copper pot stills. We had to get a copper pot still made because nobody really makes them anymore. And the guy who did it for us in Mexico in the town of Tequila was like, oh, I haven't made one of these in... I don't know how many years, you know, didn't have like a blueprint for it, had to come up with it from craft. Right. And we haven't changed that since, since 2002. Right. Some of the equipment has gotten a little bit bigger. Like we had to move our, move our 3000 liter wooden vats and replace them with 6,000 liter wooden vats. We were kind of concerned at the time because we didn't know if that would work or not, but we're still made that exact same way. And one of the things right now, People who are listening to the show are probably wondering, I love your product, but I can't get it anywhere. And that's an unfortunate downside of it takes us a long time to pivot and adjust. We had no idea that tequila was going to grow from what it was, you know, 10 years ago. When my dad first started this brand, he thought, hey, I'm just going to make a couple cases for my friends every year, right? And I'll still do my main business. And then it was only after his friends started saying, man, this is really good. You should really sell this product that... He transitioned to, okay, uh, I'll quit my job and I'll do this full time. And then it was only about five years ago where we thought, hey, like we just hit like the 50% mark of capacity. We're working every week instead of one or two weeks a month. And we should maybe start thinking about another distillery. And we were like, well, we'll see where it goes. But Fast forward two years after that, we started panicking when COVID hit. Sales went through the roof for tequila. Tequila's become even bigger than it was five years ago. And so we're working on a, an expansion plan right now of how do we expand so we can make more tequila being true to our method. And so in addition to the production process, I think people want to believe in family stories. And my dad and I aren't going anywhere. We've got 150 years in the business down. I have two daughters. They're five and four right now, but I'm hoping that they already got up. them working. <laughs> yeah. um, They're pulling the Tahona <laughs> <Exactly>. wheel. <laughs> Do you know what a Tahona wheel is, no. by the way? So it's a giant stone. You're still using the stone, or you right on the front of the bottle here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's on the front of the bottle. So it's so. a it's a giant. Back in the day, how they did it, it's just a circle, right? Oh, yeah. And the okay. donkey, they would have a donkey. It just goes that would in pull, And that's how they mash the agave. That's so cool. Yeah. That's, Wait, do you, and you still do that? We don't okay. use a donkey anymore, okay. but yes, no 100%. Doubt. His children are pulling now. Are yeah, you paying yeah, attention? Yeah. My, Three child, and four. They're, little bit of they're child very labor. strong kids. <laughs> with yes. a little bit of child labor, which we, we just keep the child labor in the family, yeah, you know? Exactly. I was the barrel master for a while there, and <laughs> I was also a tractor driver, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I've got photos of my kids on the tractor. Um and my daughter, when she was three, did tell me she was going to take over the business. But Aww. that kind of changes on a week-by-week basis. Last <laughs> week, I think it was a, a, a teacher. So we'll see. Next week, she's a princess. 
But yeah, then back every to- week she's a princess. But <laughs> <laughs> from a business perspective, how did you guys know that you were ready to expand to additional states while you're still kind of figuring out the supply issue? You know, and instead of just like sticking in a smaller amount of states and and nailing it. Well, so that was a good question, and if we were going to redo it, I would probably do it entirely different. Really? Yeah, we for some reason thought that more states. Would be wow. What was that? Sunset Boulevard. Horse yeah. and buggy going by. <laughs> yeah, sounded like it, right? <laughs> we thought that more states would be better. We're only in thirty states, and we're in about twenty countries, and we haven't added totally. a new one since. <laughs> yeah, we haven't added a new one since late like twenty twenty. We had no idea that we would begin really selling it really well midway through. We thought more states, more sales. We didn't really look at the aspect of, okay, well, what if we just focused on one market and really worked that market? What seemed to us like a good idea at the time was we'll find a new market to expand into. And to be honest, that was hard enough because uh, a wholesaler, I'll tell you, we were looking at a few states and I would just get hung up on. And I thought, oh, I must have gotten disconnected. You know, I call the wholesaler back being like, hey, I was just calling and they hung up on me again. <laughs> that was when I realized they didn't want another tequila. But... Yeah, it's... Well, that raises an interesting point, Billy. There has been a proliferation of tequila. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be a hypocrite here because what I'm about to say has benefited this show in terms of the number of celebrities that we've had on. But we know what's going on. And, And I'm curious to get your take as a family business that goes back. I'd say every four out of every five tequilas now that come on the market seem to be backed by some major celebrity... What are your feelings on that, and why is that happening? As opposed, why aren't they doing bourbon? Why aren't they doing Irish whiskey? Why aren't they doing uh, rum? Why is it tequila? It's a skinny cocktail, Dan. I think there's more to it, though. I, I do think there's part of that is the coolness factor of tequila, which is great, but there's more to it, I think, and Bill probably yeah. has a nice perspective on this. So I have actually a really direct perspective. I actually had a, a phone call uh, last week with some people who are friends of one of my neighbors they're starting a brand and they were going to start it as just like a family kind of thing but then they got some celebrities involved and now they're retooling it to go that direction and you know i have had a direct conversation with a couple who were interested in getting involved tequila is just on fire people are talking about it i think people saw the valuation for casamigos which was 700 at the buyout 300 an additional right you know people see as 1B and they go, wow, this is going to be an on-fire market. Tequila's forecasted to keep growing, so it seems like a good business deal. So I think these business managers are putting together these packages that go, hey, if we invest in this, this will do well. How do I feel about that personally? One, I love entrepreneurship. We totally support people starting their own business, right? So from that aspect, that's cool. Um, But there are certainly right ways to go about doing it and there are wrong ways. So if you're going to contract a brand, you're not having any involvement from the distillery's perspective, right? And you're just building this to sell that thing. That's like the darker side of capitalism. You're just taking advantage of something and somebody, right? You're, you're using your brand equity name as a celebrity, but if you're going to be inclusive and right, and you're going to sell out, but, everybody down to your distillery work is going to get cashed out that's something different and so i think it depends a lot on how their ownerships are structured what are they actually bringing something new right or is this sort of just a vanity project and do they actually like tequila i think sometimes celebrities get into a brand and they're like i'm just putting my money somewhere but if they're like no this is what i drink and i actually enjoy it like that right so a hundred percent and i think that the celebrity brands that are out there that are doing that have done well like George Clooney and Casamigos. Terramana. Terramana, The Rock. Those celebrities actually put in the work, right? You see George Clooney. You see Randy Gerber on the advertising. They're willing to go out and promote it. You see The Rock. You go to Mescal, Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul. I mean, these guys are... In Costco doing the tasting themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had Brian on a number of times. And there there are... And then there are others. Uh, We might have mentioned one two weeks ago, right after National Tequila Day. I hate the bag on Kendall Jenner. I was but, just going to say, it's but, Kendall Jenner. <laughs> but it was really funny. We, if you go back two episodes ago, uh, 
I ran snippets of the video of Kendall and her mom, and they were tasting. And my favorite moment was Chris said, well, I like to taste it ice cold. <laughs> Which, There's no comment. For tasting purposes, when right. you're first trying it, you really want to taste it at room temperature. Yes. So you can get everything in. But, but look, I, you know, there's other probably even more egregious examples of what you're talking about where I don't even know if they've ever tried it before. And it's clearly the intention is to raise the profile with their celebrity name and then sell it. So I will tell you, not that I have anything. I know some brands have taken photos of their contract distilleries and then posted superimposed letters to make it look like it was their distillery when it is in fact not. And so I think, from my perspective, if you're going to come out with a celebrity brand, one, your celebrity better be into it. Two, you better be treating the people that are actually making your product mm-hmm. in Mexico well, right? Three, you should be looking at this as either a joint venture with them. Like, in Mexico, you're required to do employee profit sharing. Is your profit center in Mexico, or is it a marketing company in the States, or is it a marketing company in, like, Panama? That's another question. Let's say you were approached by, I don't know. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson comes to you, Billy, and says, you know, I have never tasted anything that I love more than Fortaleza tequila, and I would love to be involved with the brand in some capacity as a spokesperson or pop boss. Would you consider it? No. You would not? No. So we have three shareholders. Business, huh? It's my dad, uh, our director of administration has a little bit, and then our uh, corporate attorney has a little bit. All right, maybe I'll bring cool. out the heavy guns then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Carrot Top. <laughs> Carrot Top. You cracked that Vegas market with him. Dan, maybe. Dan Dunn. Axel Rose. Guns and Roses. <laughs> no? No. Dan Dunn? No, we've never taken any outside funding. Uh, we've been really, really lucky in that no, But if I was your celebrity, I would pay you, actually, to let me oh, be yeah. involved. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Can I be yeah. the celebrity? <laughs> yeah, that would be an exchange for like a, a large sample yeah, budget. Oh, wait, thing, while, right? we, while I fantasize about yeah. stuff that's not going to happen, uh, let me try the <laughs> reposado. You want to try a little yeah, reposado? Yeah, so I do. we're talking six months, right, with this one. Okay. I've told you this is my this is my go-to at Casa Dunn. See what Love I did it. there? Worked in Spanish. The cool What's thing that? about yeah. you guys too, I was just I was actually just talking about this before you guys got here. I spent many a time behind a bar as a bartender and. The fact that you guys have such an amazing family story is something that when you can come and educate the accounts that you're in, that stands out versus an array of spirits on the wall. When someone's like, hey, I like a tequila, I usually drink so-and-so, and you don't have it. Well, why don't you try Fortaleza? They've got this amazing family story. They've got 150 years. Like Those type of things really not only sell the brand, but then I personally think that that's how you create like a lifelong Certainly. People connect with stories. They really do. I mean, it's, you know. And now a word from one of our dream sponsors, Schmidt's Beer, circa 1950s. Schmidt's, one beautiful beer. Beautiful. Schmidt's is a dry beer, a mellow beer, a hearty beer, blended into one beer, a light, bright, fun beer. Schmidt's, one beautiful beer. What makes Schmidt's of Philadelphia one beautiful beer? Blending does it. Schmidt's is a dry beer, a mellow beer, a hearty beer. Blended into one beautiful beer. Schmidt's of Philadelphia. Beer as beer should be. Schmidt's, one beautiful beer. Beautiful. Schmidt's is a dry beer, a mellow beer, a hearty beer. Blended into one beer, a light One beautiful beer. Schmitz, you're beautiful. How does this thing that I drank... And they're coming for us. <laughs> when did Sunset Boulevard get so friggin' loud, it's by the way? because you're here, Dan Don. Yep. Hold on. We, we gotta start recording in a undisclosed... <laughs> Isn't Ted, Ted Kaczynski's cabin available? Maybe we can start going there out in Montana. <laughs> so, um... But really, it's it's about, I think you make connections to mm-hmm. brands, spirits, whether it's wine or tequila or beer or whatever, based on the things that remind you of, the, right. the, the times in your life. That, again, honestly, like when I drink this, 
I, it reminds me of meeting Guillermo in Vegas. And we went out that night. We had an awesome time. And it was like, yeah. and there was this moment of like, I found this thing that I know I already love made by this guy that I think is one of the, just a badass. And I know we're going to be friends. And it stayed that way. So, of course, I have a real affinity mm-hmm. for this beyond the fact that it tastes great. Right. You're yeah. always going to go back to yeah. L.A. and be like, oh, if, my if, God, I met the most interesting man in the Billy world. If Billy was a dick Actually. and, and Guillermo, <laughs> yeah. were, if they were dicks, seriously, if they were assholes, I'd be like, well, they make great tequila, but fuck them. They yeah, exactly. like they're dicks. <laughs> you know? so, so I'll tell you that up until much later than one would expect, I did not drink really at all. I thought you I was going to. No, I thought, okay. in fact, that I was going to be in law enforcement. Actually worked down the street here uh, at the L.A. Federal Building for a little bit in my life. Thought that was the way I was going to go. But, you know, people ask me, what's your favorite expression or tequila? I have a special place in my heart for the Reposado. Because when I moved back in with to, during sophomore year with my college roommate, we ended up playing Halo and doing shots each time we died. And, <laughs> and I just have this best memory of that day of us not seeing each other for three months and then getting together to be able to game and drink tequila. And I will just never forget that moment. And whenever I have a Reposado, I think of him, I think of that, and it, like, warms me up from the inside out. You know, it's these very special moments that you get with brands. I'll drink so. to that. Right. Here we go. Cheers. Yeah. Salute. Cheers. What do you got? Okay, so right off the bat, I get a lot of... Pressure's not the right word, but I get a lot of um, taste, like, on the roof of my mouth. Which I don't yeah. know exactly what that is, but then I'm getting like a nice blend of, again, caramel. I hate to, maybe that's just my. my so that's coming from the wood. That's coming from the wood. Okay. There's a little bit of like oaky spiciness, yep. I find, like mid palate, yep. but then the finish is very clean. Mm-hmm. It's not like a burning no burn. sort of aftertaste. Yeah. Yeah. But so it's, it's like, very. It like punctures your taste buds right away, hits the roof of your mouth, and then like smooth on the finish. Right. It just leaves you literally with a yep. nice warm feeling in your chest here as it exactly goes down to your stomach. Ooh, I just got like a campfire feel for this. Maybe <laughs> I'm just craving fall, but I'm gonna try I'm gonna oh. go a little go crazy here. Strawberry and lemon. Fresh Victor. Okay. Sounds perfect. What do you think? You think it's gonna work? I think it's gonna in work. The reposado? So the, I think the, this might punch through with the, the spiciness there. Yeah. You're just this is very thick. It's almost like a shake. Try this. There we go. All right. Let me see what happens here. Oh, hell yeah. Now, why, how is that working? How's strawberry working with tequila? Oh. I think very well. I think. It's summer. I think, yeah. Well, if you look at. The agriculture of Mexico. Mexico is like so bountiful in all the different like fruits, vegetables we produce down there, peppers and stuff. I think really anything that's like fresh just blends well with tequila from that aspect. We just and I don't know why that is, but yeah, right. Yeah. This is yeah. It's still, I'm, I wouldn't think stro- I would think it would be more citrus would be because that's generally what you associate with tequila, right? And a margarita. No, I I, um, I don't have an explanation, but no. I think everything tastes great with tequila. I'm a little worried now because I know Billy was so close to law enforcement. We've got to watch it. Kachi, <laughs> Kachi can get a little crazy. Don't it's be doing Actually, yeah. my friends are in that black SUV watching this right now. <laughs> um, so you mentioned the still strength Blanco being 46, 92 proof, 46% ABV. What, what's the real difference between, I mean, it doesn't seem like a significant, you know, 6% more alcohol. What does that do? Well, to be honest, it gives it a totally different complexion, I think, than the Blanco. Whereas I think the Blanco is light, herbaceous. I get like a, like, if you would just cut the herbs out of your, like, you know, kitchen garden. So that's what I get with the Blanco, right? You get the sweetness. Mm -hmm. The extra alcohol in the still strength really brings out this, like, almost, like, farmhousey funkiness to it, I think. It's, like, richly much more, like, earthy. It feels instead of like the fresh cut vegetables, like you had just churned really rich earth to to make the product, right? And that I think is the not having the alcohol be diluted at all. What's funny is Billy's talking about it, and the whole time we have a giant bottle right in front of us. Tell us what it tastes like, or we could pour some. Let me, let me. So I heard a rumor that you're supposed to, like, when you smell it, you're supposed to open your mouth. Is that true? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So breathe, like, exactly this. Like, you look really silly kind of doing <laughs> yeah. it. But, but if you it, do this, you're going to burn your nostrils out. Okay. And then, yeah. Yeah. The having your mouth open helps your mouth balance the 
the alcohol coming off of the spirit, so you're able to actually discern what kind of individual smells are in there. And, and also, if you're talking about looking silly, like I chew it when I'm tasting stuff because that's okay. where it really like, you go. So you get it all over. And your... I usually, you see what I did before that? I took a tiny sip to sort of prime my palate a little bit, and then I take a bigger sip. Is that how you sip all spirits and wine? Generally, and okay. yeah. Get it ready for what I'm about to do, okay. and then take a bigger sip. Yeah, those are actually my two pro tips as well for when, whenever I go to a consumer event. That's always what I tell people. This is how you want to try and drink spirits. Yeah. My favorite way of doing it is when I tell people this and I go, yeah, open your mouth. And then people like really don't believe me. And I go, well, if you don't believe me, that's okay. Stick your nose in there and smell it with your mouth closed. And then try it my way and you'll see which yeah. one you like yeah. better. And immediate result, people, people pull their heads back. Oh, okay, it smells really like alcohol. And then they go, oh, okay, that works a there's lot better. There's the flavors. Yep, there's yeah. the profile. 100%. But that's got to be, I would think that that must be the most rewarding part of the job is when you're actually out, whether it's in a bar or you're in a supermarket, converting people to the brand, finding new fans of the brand. A hundred percent. I, the most rewarding part is when we get fan messages or when I get personal texts from friends, like I'm drinking this out right now. You know, or when they see us in like a clip of like a Netflix show or whatever on TV and they go, oh, I saw your bottle, right? And they pause the show, go get their phone, take a picture, and then they send it to me right in the middle, whatever they're doing, right? In the middle of a movie, in the middle of a show, you know? Um, and that's, it's nice to, to have your friends think that, you know, they're out there thinking of you whenever they see it. So. Can I ask you guys about the topper? Because it's, it's like a cork, like a, like a wine bottle. What was the, I mean, Beyond that, it looks really fucking cool. Like, what? so it's an it's an agave pina. That's what right. that is. Yeah. yeah, and then but why cork? But why a cork? So, it was sort of really the best enclosure for us at the time. And I think when we, you know, we had looked at doing some others, but nothing really worked. So our bottles originally were hand blown, and some of them still are. Not most yeah, of our U.S. ones. So yeah, I don't. I'm gonna don't have the top here. But if you look on the bottom, these say 750. So these are semi-hand-blown. But on the bottles that we use in Mexico, which is under our, our brand name down there, you actually won't see the 750. You'll just see a round dot. And it's because our bottles are hand bl- handmade in Mexico. So oh, they wow. use a mold, but it's literally a guy with a giant ball of glass about this big that sticks it in the mold and then blows into a pipe to inflate it. That's so cool. And so, you know. A standard screw top wouldn't work on that because it wasn't designed for that. And we used to have like five or six different cork sizes we would have to use because not all of them fit. And some of them still don't. So when you, um, you know, when you get one that's extra tight, that's because that was the best kind of enclosure. And then we haven't switched from these bottles because my dad really likes <laughs> likes that noise. Likes well, and, that the ge- noise and the genius you know? of the genius of the top that again looks like an, an agave pina that's been that the uh, that's been had the harvested the yeah. harvested already the leaves have been stripped off is that it's instantly recognizable yep. behind the bar any bar yeah. you go to you just look and you can see it it's that green and white and you know that's Fortaleza even if it's behind another bottle you know it's there and that's it's brilliant it's very important marketing yeah. it's almost like they thought it out weird yeah. uh, I will crazy. have to say my dad did spend like five or six years working on the labels before we actually went into like commercial production and I'm really glad that they came out exactly the way they did so I'm trying right. the Añejo now. So how, how long is this spending in, in wood? So that's 18 months in American oak. Yes. So about six months over the standard, one year. 18 months on this. 18 on months. The Añejo. So we, we will eventually bring out an extra Añejo, which the minimum time for is three years. Three years, yeah. And we had one that was five years old that we were saving to bring out. And then we sort of had a distillery error where it got mixed in with some Añejo and instead of bringing the Añejo up to an average of 18 months, the Añejo was brought up to an average age of like 42 months. And that was our lot 42, 43. So if anybody ever shares a bottle of that with you, you are probably one of the most important people in their lives. <laughs> because that is something that doesn't How many bottles exist of that or did? I have three cases myself. At your house? Yeah, at my house. And uh, I have... Guess what? We're yeah. going to visit yeah. Billy. Party in San, San Diego. Diego. Here we go. I love San Diego. <laughs> I'm going to give one to each child. Oh, there you that's, go. yeah. I'm when do have they no open more children. it? The pressure. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I have to tell you this. So I recently, I've got we've I've got some of like my first 
first bottles we ever produced, right? And there are some of these things you just sit on because you don't know when you're going to open them. Yeah. I graduated from business school last year, and I told my wife, I was like, well, I'm done. That was my last final. This is over. Like, I feel like I should open one of these to have a shot. And she was like, hmm. And then I go to grab it. And she's like, are you sure you want to open it for this? <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know. You know, she's like, you'll never be able to open that again. So I put it back and I thought, okay, I will save this for something else. Like the day my daughters get married or when my first grand, you know, when my grandchildren arrive, something like that. And to jump way back to your earlier question, Dan, what do you think makes us different? I think we're thinking like that for yeah, us. That's cool. Right. We're not thinking this is a quick brand turnaround buck. We are thinking, yeah, there's some short term pain. We can't, we're not going to ever go contract tequila from somebody else, put it in our bottle and go, okay, we're good. You know, we can sell more now. We would rather not sell more and keep making it exactly this way because we know one day we will have a new distillery or one day we will have an expansion plan in place that allows us to sell more. But we are going to keep true to our word and we're going to honor the promise that we made to everybody who buys our brand that this is the way it will always be made. And we will always be based at our family house down there and you will always be able to come visit us and you will always be able to take a look through pretty much every room and see whatever you want to see we are totally transparent and we promise at least i can promise i hope my daughters one day will be able to promise this but i can promise you that i'm going to keep it alive for as as long as i can and continue on this tradition you hear that scarlett johansson you're gonna have to find another brand to partner with damn it I don't know why I'm picking on Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> she probably knows she doesn't even like tequila. She's um, sober. <laughs> well, listen, this sounds like a great, that sounds like an awesome place to end this thing. I, I, uh, yeah. I was going to ask what comes next, but we already know. More success, eventually another distillery. More tequila. And then those yeah. other 20 states and maybe even a couple more countries in the mix. It's like the, uh, oh my gosh, what was that? Pinky in the brain, you know? Yes. What are we going to do tonight, Pinky? Try and take over the world. <laughs> See, I always have that. You, you're, it's like you're teeing it up for me. You know who's been on the show I was before? Just say, yeah. Maurice LaMarche, the voice <laughs> oh, of no the way. brain. Oh, yes, we shot a so thing with him. Stealing your tagline. You're out there listening, Sorry. go back and listen to uh, Maurice LaMarche on this episode. He's great. Doesn't drink, but we had coffee on that episode. We do some coffee from time to time. Flavor we'll, there, Billy. Thank you so much, uh, A, for coming all the way up here and for inviting us down to come, right? You have invited us down. To I have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're ever, you know, for consumers, we run tours six days a week. We're closed on Sundays because Sunday's family day in Mexico, so we, we're not open those days. But every other day of the week, you're able to book a tour online through tequilafortaleza.com. You're welcome to follow us at Drink Fortaleza on Instagram. And uh, if you want to see what life is like in the distillery at Distilleria La Fortaleza, that page is a little in Spanish. Might need some translation services, but you know, poco a poco, it will learn. Gotcha. Thank you, of course. Thank you, Dan. Being part of Thanks to our friends from Fresh Victor for sending along some mixers to go with our delicious tequila and, of course, State Social House for hosting us. Um, Thank you guys for having me on. Fucking cars that keep driving by for making me nuts. (laughs) The heat, I'm sweating through my shirt. Sorry, I see my it's the tequila. It's making me it's getting me fired up. It's Tuesday. Um and of course everybody out there listening, I know you got a lot of options out there and what you can be in the podcast sphere, but you've chose to spend this time with us and we raise a toast to you. Cheers. Salute. Salute. Greetings, my friend. This is The Brain. Yes, before I take over the world, I want you to listen to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Yes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.